Hi, welcome to the Still Here podcast with your host, Susanna Gonzalez. Before we get into this, I just want to apologize for any background noise. Um, Ocean is currently in a doggy cone because her nose has an infection on it. So I apologize for anything. Today's episode is going to be an audio only. Uh, because if I record my face, uh, it will look a little rough. But it doesn't matter about what I look like, right? But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to put myself on the internet like that right now. <laughs> my voice is currently, like, stuffy. My nose is, my voice is not stuffy. My nose is, jeez. Um, let me just tell y'all before I hit record, uh, God's, God's glory is on me. And I thank him for that. See, all day I was, uh, before I even, I, I need like to start figuring out like an outline for my podcast, but honestly, when God gives me something, I just want to talk about it, so Today we're talking about the waiting season, the dry seasons, when you can't feel God and God's not feeling, but when you need him the most and when you seem like he's not there answering you. Because I feel like I've been going through that a lot lately, where I feel I'm doing everything for God, day in and out, doing things that make me feel uncomfortable or me sitting in comfortability, realizing that I need to do more. Like, what do I need to do more for you, Lord? Like, I want to be a servant for you, Lord, but where do I start, you know? We're in another transition, and I feel this, where God was in a season where he was building up kingdom marriages, where he was introducing kingdom marriages to each other. And now that season is coming to pass, right? Not that, like, if you didn't get married this season, that you won't have your season. Yes, there's a time and place for all that. I'm not saying that if you get married within the next few months, like, oh, like, it's not going to work out. That's not what I'm saying. But God created those, and he mended them together for the season. And God was also in a season where he was showing us his whole love, his purity, and his holiness. How to be a pure bride for him. And I feel like within the next month or so, God's going to start showing us his fatherly love. So it was companionship the last couple of months. And now through the end of the year, it's going to be his fatherly love. And that's what I've been feeling like. Because I've been transitioning through a time where I say, I love you, Lord, my, my Lord and Savior, right? My companionship. And now when I write my journal, it's like, dear Heavenly Father. He's wanting us to go back to that father-daughter moment that father-son moment because he's our father, our best friend, our companionship, everything we need in one. And so there's seasons and times where he flows through that. And maybe that's why some of us are in that waiting season because we're not depending on him as a father, but we're still depending on him as a companion. And that's fine, but that will soon dry out. And then you'll be like, Father, I need you again. Right? So... That's kind of where I've been the last couple of weeks since the start of October, I would say. See, because September was the time I claimed my full purity and holiness, where God was moving through me. I was moving glory to glory. Literally, September was in awe of God, and I'm so thankful for that. And yes, the enemy hit me hard last month too, but the good outweighs the bad, right? So I'm so thankful that. God moved me from glory to glory where I was literally in Tennessee one week and then the next I was preaching and then the next I'm filming podcasts and doing these things for God. But for me, it got to the point where I was doing more work than reverencing the presence of God. And that's, I think God is like tripping me back. And he's like, whoa, reverence me, be in awe of me, sit in my presence for once, right? Last night, I, I was in my bedroom and if you guys know, I've been living with my grandparents for the past three months. And God being given the glory that we'll move back into the old house we were just in. But the house was so anointed. And I think that God showed me that me moving here, yes, he brought me to sit here and pray for my family who's not saved. 
to cast away the evil spirits that were in this household, you know, to build that protection of God on this foundation of the house. That's what he wanted me to start, me and my sister. He wanted us to start there, right? But now that we've moved glory to glory to glory, it's like, well, now what? Like, what's next, you know? But then when we, re- when we don't receive that next thing, I'm so hungry for more. I'm like, Lord, where's the next thing, you know? Like, I feel empty. I see people... I see people like in discovering the more the more of you, you know, like I see people crying on the floor for you in the room talking about the the things that they've seen or how you've touched them and how they have you've spoken to them, Lord, and I'm sitting in my bedroom floor crying, not even crying because i I felt so empty I couldn't cry. I was starting to feel like that, so I started to say to myself, "What more can I do for your kingdom, Lord?" And he's like, "You don't gotta do more, just chill fast." I gave you these people to listen to for this next month. Listen to them. Let them teach you, right? And so I fasted a little bit, and I feel like that fast was a test to show me that I was starting to take control of things. If the Lord wasn't moving in my life, I started to put my hand on things. And God said, you need to take a step back. So last week when I was preaching, or teaching, I need to stop saying preach because I'm not a preacher, I'm just a servant of God. But when I was teaching God's children last week, God has a sense of humor, right? Because every time I end up teaching the young adults, it's a smaller group. And I think God is trying to humble me through the season that it's not about the numbers, it's about the souls you're reaching. So, God knows that I'm a numbers-based person. So what is he going to do? He's going to give me the least, right? To show and humble myself. To know that I wasn't as big as I thought I was, right? So it's like, that humbled me. To see how many people were there. But also humbled me that that many people wanted to sit there as I was teaching them. And I know many of them were used to just going to young adults on Thursday, but... God said, I want you to do something different this time. And this was a week before I was supposed to teach because the whole month I was worried and I wasn't hearing God's voice on what he really wanted me to teach them. So I was like, should I teach them about repentance? Should I teach them about trusting right now? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, teach them what I'm teaching you right now. And I was like, Lord, you're teaching me about holiness and purity right now. Like, you're getting me ready for a new relationship with you. Like, you want me to teach them that, you know, like, you want me to share what I'm going with you through with them type of thing? That's what I was feeling in my head and my my flesh. I was feeling that way. Like, Lord, I just want that for myself, you know? Selfishness. I was feeling. He said, yeah, like, teach impurity, holiness, but don't speak the whole time. Let me speak through you and then let me move. Let me feel, let them feel my presence, not your presence, right? So... I sat there with the young adults, and I didn't stand up and teach them. I sat with them, and I taught them. When it made me feel more comfortable, and that whole time, I just felt the Lord's peace as I was speaking to them and his heart for it. And even as I was preparing the message in my room, I was crying because of how holy the God is. So I I taught the message, and it was only like 15, 20 minutes long. And I felt awkward, because normally we're supposed to speak like 30 to 40 minutes. So I had this extra time, and I was like, Lord, like, uh, this is weird just to tell him to, you know, go out and do something. Like, I didn't feel led to do an altar call. I just kind of felt led to just worship him, you know, to stir up the, the spirit more, to invite the spirit in more. So that's what we did, and that whole night, God moved. It was like revival was slowly starting to start up in in that room. And I wish that in churches we wouldn't put God on a timer. You know, we say we won't put God on our timer, but I feel like we do still. Because God isn't going to just move in two hours if you're not willing, you know? And that's one thing I've been learning too is every night during this dry season, I've been putting God on a timer. And it hurts to even admit that, you know, like, I'm putting God, the creator, the one who created me, I'm putting him on a timer for my schedule because I'm tired. And one thing I've been doing a lot is sleeping 
I've been taking naps. I've been feeling tired. I didn't want to, like, God's been telling me to wake up at 5 in the morning, but I've been waking up at, like, 6. He wants me to wake up earlier so I can spend that time with him. So, but the night before, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to actually do it this time. He knows my heart. He He knew I wasn't going to wake up. And that's his grace and mercy, right? And I wake up feeling that grace and mercy. So I'm not mad at myself about it, but I know I can do better, you know? I've been sleeping in, right? And then on the way home from work, I take a little nap when I'm supposed to just look at his creation and enjoy the ride home, you know, instead of sleeping. Um, And then I get home and then I just feel lazy. I've been eating poorly, you know, and I've been going to bed at like 9, 10 when I used to go to bed at like 11, 12, when I was reverencing and worshiping the Lord, right? And so last night I was sitting in my room and I was like, Lord, I, I watched one of Jenny's teaching, Jenny Weaver's teaching, teachings. And she was like, man, like I, I, I miss, well, this wasn't last night, this was today as I'm filming this. She said, I, I told God that I missed that time. I was in the RV when no one knew my name. When I when I would just sit in God's presence in an RV, and that just brought remembrance to me when last night I was sitting in here in my room and I was like, Lord, I remember when I used to just worship you, you know, all night crying on the floor, or just writing about you, or just relaxing in your presence. I missed that time when I didn't put you on a timer, you know. And the same thing that He told Jenny, He told me. He's like. You know, God God misses those times too, right? You know? And I also, I was convincing myself, just as Jenny said, she said that she was convincing herself that that was her old self in the Lord and that she's mature now, right? And that's what I was doing to myself too last night. I was like, Lord, like, that's not me no more though. You know, like, I don't got to do that no more because I'm, that's not me. I'm matured now, like, I, I know what I'm doing, you know? Like, I know more about Jesus. But, like, as I was sitting there thinking about it, I was like, why am I trying to excuse where I'm at on my walk, my maturity, based on who I was before? Based on who I was before I had more faith. That Susanna, when she first walked with Christ, had more faith. She had more trust in the Lord. She didn't care about the blessings that came with giving. She didn't care about what people thought about her if she was worshiping. She didn't care about what clothes she wore to church. She didn't care about nothing but the presence of God. She was knowing, she was getting to know Jesus, the true Jesus. She was building that foundation with God. And now that sometimes we get caught up and we think that we have enough of the foundation of God, that we have enough of Jesus in our lives we just push him to the side and one thing I always tell myself and others is God didn't push you to the side when he saved you God didn't say okay I saved her enough bye he didn't say that you know so it's like why are we gonna do that to our perfect God and another thing like God's been highlighting to me is in the New Testament of how he's been betrayed by man multiple times and yet he still went back and showed his love because he knew he knew what was on the other side that just proves how much we could trust him with what our circumstances are in life no matter what season we're in and i get so sad and heartbroken when i think about the resurrection of christ because he didn't deserve it Jesus brought healing. Jesus brought faith. Jesus brought people's happiness and love back when he was ministering. Another thing that gets me is when we get so caught up in the world and what people think about us Christians. But Jesus died with two sinners, right? And the other one was saying, well, Jesus, if if you're the Messiah, then you can just take me off, right? Right? Or he's like, oh, you're not the Messiah because you're dying here with me, like two sinners, right? He's making fun of Jesus, right? And the other sinner was like, Lord, just meet me on the other side too, you know? Like, let me go with you. He's like, forgive me. 
And as Jesus was being on the cross, he said, and they were dicing for his clothes, right? The Romans, they were dicing for his clothing. And he was, Jesus was hung up on the cross and he said, Lord, forgive them all because they shall not know what they done. This man was dying on the cross for you. And we let these little things in our life bug us. We complain about them. We complain about those who persecute us. And that persecution is nothing about what Jesus, nothing close to what Jesus had went through. And he looks at these people who spat on him, who ripped his clothing apart, who are gambling for his clothing, who put a spear on the side of his rib, who put nails on his hands and feet, who put a throne crown on him and hit him. And he says, forgive them, Lord, because they shall not know what they've done. That alone is powerful. And I think what I'm trying to get through all this is in the waiting season, just study more of Jesus and study why he's making you wait for a certain thing. Because in the waiting season, we get so caught up in like, why aren't you answering my prayers? Why, 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 why this? Why do they get this and I don't? Or why am I feeling sad, Lord? You know, why am I feeling tired? Why do I feel the need to sleep? Jesus did not get sleep in the Bible once. In the time he did, the disciples had no faith in the middle of the storm. When Jesus was trying to rest in the middle of the storm, the disciples got scared because of their lack of faith. And maybe in this storm that you're facing, you're lacking faith in all Jesus wants you to do is rest in his presence with him. But you're like the disciples who woke Jesus up in the middle of the season, in the middle of the storm, scared because you don't trust that Jesus will handle it. But Jesus is just calling you to rest, to calm down, to take a breath and trust that he is a God almighty, that the lion of Judah is with you, the beginning and the end is with you, the one who created you, the one who numbered the hairs on your head is with you. Just breathe, just breathe. Let go of all your worries and cast them onto him, he says. Seeing people think that Jesus died just to die, you know, but he died for your salvation too. And people think that after the salvation, there's nothing more to build with Jesus, that that's just the way you're going to get into heaven. No, you know, it, it hurts my heart when I see people post about God on Facebook. And I only see it on Facebook, really, where people are living double lives, you know, posting a little tweet or whatever it is about God saving them, God healing them. And it hurts my heart because God, you know, I'm sure a part of God is in their life and I'm not discrediting that, but it hurts because they'd rather, you know, and this is me talking to myself because sometimes I would much rather sit and complain about things on Facebook or share things so that man can see my feelings and validate my feelings when the creator of the universe the creator of me already said cast your worries on me and i will take them because last time i checked no man and when i mean man i'm not meaning just men i mean both women too no friendships no relationships in my life have ever taken away all my cares the way jesus has and god Today, as I'm filming this, you know, he made me realize that I don't need to be working so hard in the season of rest. Yes, he wants me to continue. See, I wasn't going to even post podcasts for the rest of the year. I was contemplating it. I was like, Lord, should I delete my YouTube? Like, what should I do? It's not growing, you know? And God's like, I'm just calling you to rest, Susanna. <laughs> and it's so hard for me to rest. If you guys know me, I'm a go-getter. You tell me to do something, I'm going to go do it. 10 times harder than you told me to do it, you know? And God's like, why don't you do that for me, though? 
So that's what God's teaching me. See, what is God teaching you in this waiting season? Because I know he's not teaching you to dwell on your feelings more than you are dwelling with the God Almighty. And I was watching Jenny Weaver today and her little Zoom class, Core Women, Core Group. I totally recommend if you guys are new to faith or need something more, I totally recommend getting taught by Jenny Weaver and the Core Group. She is a powerful vessel of God, and I'm so thankful God led me to her. But pray about it before learning from anyone at this time, if I'm being honest, you guys. Pray. Every month, I've been starting to ask God who he wants me to learn from in this month and season. And he gives me a few names. And then I just severely like focus on them and how they move in the awe of God and what they're doing in this season. And I trust that they are true vessels of God. And that God, I trust God that God has led me to watch the right people he's using at this current time. <laughs> because so many times we get caught up with everything going on in the world. And I know it's a scary time right now. But God isn't calling us to live in a spirit of fear. And God isn't wanting that for us. If anything, God wants us to rejoice because one, the Bible prophecies are being fulfilled. But two, it just shows how real Jesus is. Right? So don't fear during these times, guys. And I know it's scary and it's easier said than done. But the fear comes from your soul and your flesh. But that's why we have to be dwelling in the in the spirit of God. Because our spirit can rise up and take over our flesh and our soul. So declare those things over yourself, guys. But as I was saying today, all day I was thinking... I need to film podcast episode. I just feel the need to do one soon about the waiting season. See, I was going to do one about dating. But like I said earlier, God is moving from a companionship to a fatherly relationship now. So what goes on in between? It's the waiting season. And so many of us are in that waiting season right now. And it's so important that we need to start talking about things like this. And so I was like, Lord... I need to talk about this before your children like feel like hopeless, you know? And the Lord hasn't really been speaking much. I have a whole lot. I have a laundry list of things that I want and need, right? And I've been asking God for them every day. But if it's not in his will right now, he's not going to answer me. And I already know that deep down. So I And God's already given me answers to most of these things. But now it's just all in his timing. I got to trust him. So if you're asking God for these things... Like I've been for months, months on end. I've been asking for big blessings, you know. And if you were like me, and if you are like me, asking for those things, I just suggest that you stop asking for them. Because God wants, right now God wants heavenly prayers. And yes, if it's in his will to add those material blessings to your life, those physical and even spiritual blessings to your life, then his will will be done in your life if it's his will, right? But every morning when I wake up, I pray that God's will aligns with my heart. Or no, my heart aligns with God's will, sorry. And we are in a season of alignment right now where our hearts were shifted one way, but God's moving it and it's going to be a sharp corner. And I kind of feel this spiritually. I see it spiritually. Sorry, I'm all congested. I probably shouldn't be laying down. But I see it spiritually like our heart. Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, a heart, you know, like just a basic cartoon heart, right? It has a line going through it, but the shift is going to be a hard point, right? And if we're not asking God for his will to be done in life, if we're not asking God to align our heart with his will, then we're going to miss out. <laughs> and it's not going to be like, oh, you're going to miss out like a whole lot, you know? But But asking God for those things is so key to this walk with him. It's so important to grasp what he's doing. And this is why we must be in his word. This is why we must be in prayer and learning from people who are appointed from God. Because then his will will start making sense in your life. And I think as Christians, we shouldn't be following people who aren't Christian. Like we shouldn't be, and I'm not saying that they're necessarily bad. Sure, you can pray for them that they one soon reach 
the gospel of Christ and repent and turn from their sins and claim salvation. Yes. But if you look at my following, I'm not really following people from this world. I'm following ministers who I know dwell in the spirit of God. Because what I'm reading and what I'm feeding off social media every day is going to reflect my daily life. So if I'm seeing girls who are working out every day and posting their bodies and stuff like that, that's what I'm going to want to do, right? And that's what I was doing in the past. And God told me, girl, you ain't going to be holy and pure if you're going to keep acting like that and idolizing your body. So I was like, okay, Lord, what do I need to do? He's like, I'm follow off him. And then boom, what did he do next? He cut the gym off for me, bro. I haven't been in the gym in three months. And today was like the first day I kind of got back into it and my knee is messed up. Like, if your heart does, this is why God tells us not to follow our hearts, not to follow our own will, not to follow our own desires. And yes, he will match those desires if it matches his will. That's all I'm going to say on that because everything else just kind of went blank. Just ask God constantly. Pray over yourself the protection of jesus christ the protection of the holy spirit the protection of your angels and declare that his will will be done over your life not yours and we declare that over all these ears listening lord god in the name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus lord so back to what i was saying um i was sitting listening to jenny weaver and i was like lord what should i so i knew i was supposed to talk about the waiting season right and I was like, okay, Lord, what kind of scripture? And I heard Job chapter 6. So I flipped to Job chapter 6. <laughs> I'm like, sir, um, this really ain't making sense right now, right? Because I've read Job before, but I haven't really studied it. So I'm not sure, like, the whole grass of thing. And I started reading it, and I go to verse 10. Oh, wait. Sorry. Verse is 5. Chapter 6, verse 5, in the New Living Translation is what I'm reading out of. But it says, don't I have the right to complain? Don't wild donkeys bray on when they find no grass? And oxen below when they have no food? Verse 6 says, don't complain about unsalted, don't people complain about unsalted food? Does anyone want a tasteless white of an egg? My appetite disappears when I look at it. I gag at the thought of eating it. Oh, that I might have my request, that God will grant my desire. And I wish he would crush me, and I wish he would reach his hand out and kill me. Verse 10 says, At last, I will take comfort in this. Despite the pain, I have not denied the words of the Holy One. But I don't have the strength to endure, and I have nothing to live for. And the rest is basically just talking about, oh, sorry. Let me jump to verses 23. So that was verses 5 through 10. Now I'm going to read 23. It says, have I asked my enemies, haven't I asked you, sorry, let me repeat this. Oh my gosh. Haven't I asked you to rescue me from my enemies or to save me from ruthless people? Teach me and I will keep quiet. Show me what I have done wrong. Honest words can be painful, but your but what do your criticisms amount to? When I read that, I was like, "Lord, this doesn't make this not make sense right now, right?" Like, uh, it don't. And even as I'm reading it again, in the dry season, we are asking God to rescue us. Right, we're begging God, Lord, please, anything you say, I will do. What do you want me to do? What's the next mission you want me to do? What's the next step of faith you want me to take? What's it? I have people hating on me all the time. I have people depending on me, and I can't be dependent on them because I know it's not your will, Lord. I know your will, Lord, but I don't know what I'm doing. And it's just constant overthinking, overthinking. And the spirit of fear starts coming upon you that you're not doing enough. Or the spirit of being unloved, the fear of being unloved starts coming upon you because you're not hearing God's voice, because you're not hearing or feeling his presence, right? And then God says, turn to Psalms chapter 25, verse 6. So I'm like, okay, let's see. Or 25 in general, chapter 25, right? I'm just going to read this whole thing. Well, I don't know. It's 
No, no, we'll see. Verse one says, O Lord, I give my life to you and I trust you, my God. Do not let me be discouraged or my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes from those who deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your, compa- your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown long ages in the past. Do you not remember the rebelli- rebellious sins of my youth? Remember the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right, and he shows the proper path for those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing wrong, teaching them his ways. The Lord leads the unfailing love and faith and faithfulness all to those who keep his covenant and obey his demands. And then I'm going to jump to the last one. Oh, wait, verse 14. Sorry. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him, and he teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. So powerful, guys. One minute, I'm confused about reading Job, but this is about Job complaining, right? This is Job saying, oh, Lord, won't you rescue me from my holy, my my evil ones, Lord? People complain all the time, Lord. What am I supposed to do? You said you were going to rescue me. My Lord, my God said I can, he's going to rescue me, right? And then Psalms 25 talks about trusting God. And the last verse says, my eyes are always on the Lord. For he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Right. So crazy. See, in Job chapter 6, we see that Job is asking this question. Have I asked you to rescue me from my enemies or to save me from ruthless people? And in Psalms 25 verse 15, it says, My eyes are always on the Lord. For he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. So powerful that this question was leading up to this verse, right? And no, this isn't Job writing out Psalms, but it shows, one, how the Bible resonates with each page. It doesn't have to be a single book, that each page is represented through Christ. That if we put our trust in Christ, that Christ will save us from our evil ones. God will save us from those dry, wicked times that we feel like we're in. If we just continue to trust him and seek him first, seek first the kingdom and all things shall be added. And if you're anything like me, and we hear these verses all the time, trust in the Lord in all your heart and everything will be added. Trust in the Lord and all these worries and he will cast away your cares and worries, right? Go beyond the lilies type of thing, you know, and we we read them and we, we see them, right? But if you're not catching it in the spirit, if you're not dwelling on the word of God, you're going to feel lost. Then these verses are just going to feel like poetic things to you that you just see every other day that you just share on Facebook because it feels good, right, in the moment. It feels good, right? Like God feels good when he feels presence, right? (laughs) But people only love God when he feels good. People only love God when he answers their prayers. So when God takes you in a waiting season, count that as a blessing, that God is still working through you. But he does not need to be touching you. He does not need to be talking to you all the time because he's trusting in you to do his will that he's already set out for you to do. That is what you do in the season of waiting. In the season of waiting, it's all a test to see if you are going to seek the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul or if you're just going to dwell in your feelings and feel your feelings and be sad all the time or be angry at other people or Go talk to people you know God didn't tell you to talk to, right? That is what God is doing in the waiting seasons right now. It's all a test, guys. And if we are not seeking God's kingdom first, even when we can't feel him, even when we don't want to read the Bible, if we're still forcing ourselves to, to read and dwell in this, 
then God is going to, that's going to be greater rewards in eternity because we didn't turn to the things we, our flesh wanted. And God has been testing me, y'all. Ever since I told God to hide me, I was feeling his presence, right? Hide me from men, right? So I was like, Lord, hide me. I don't want to be seen by no one, right? And so he removed people I shouldn't be talking to anymore. He removed people I that were seeing me in a way that they shouldn't be seeing me. He removed them all. He said, I'm wiping you clean, holy. You're going to start dressing modestly for me you're gonna start dressing modestly for me that you you were characteristics are going to be from the inside out and not people aren't going to look at you from the outside in right and so it's like oh yay okay lord i'm so excited right and i was on this journey i was so strong i'm like i love the lord he's my companion he's my relationship i want nobody but the lord right then god's like okay since you got me and you know right i'm gonna have you wait i'm not gonna talk to you a whole lot Obviously, he talks to me a little bit, and I'm appreciative for that, but it hasn't been clear. The visions and dreams that I've been getting, y'all, let me just be real. They have been sexual temptations of the enemy trying to attack me in my sleep. And God can send you dreams like that just as well. And I believe that those dreams were God sent to see if I would, even in my sleep, rebuke the sexual sin that was going on. I mean, I did, right? And these dreams were demonic and... But me rebuking them even in my spirit as I was sleeping was me passing that test, was me saying, Lord, I want all this for you. I'm laying my life out for you. I'm putting, I'm picking up my cross daily for you, Lord, and I'm so serious about this. And we can say these things all we want, but if our heart isn't right, then it's not going to work. Because I've done that before. Where I was acting like that perfect Christian girl on social media who was pure, who was dressing purely, right? I, on the outside, it looked whole. On the outside, everyone wanted me. On the outside, everyone thought I was this perfect Christian girl. But on the inside, she was broken. She was unhealed. On the inside, she didn't know Jesus' love to the fullness of what it could be. And I still don't know. But I'm, I discovered more of it, right? And that's all that matters, right? So... If we're not, oh my gosh, I was just preaching. I forgot what I was saying. God, and it's not just about purity and holiness, and yes, that's a big part of it, but if we're not chasing God in the season of waiting, then how are you going to expect to pass the next? How are you going to expect to get the blessing if you're not chasing after the greater reward, which is already Jesus? We can sit and complain and complain. But you're not going to get what you want if you complain. Because it's not God's will for you to complain. It's God's will for you to chase after him that purpose. And that purpose is Jesus Christ. It's not the title. It's not the microphone. It's not the stage. It's not the, the guitar. It's not the worship. It's none of that. At the end of the day, it's nothing. It's not the lights. It's not the studio. It's none of it. All of that is useless. All of it can be gone in a split second. The only one who can't be gone is God. And if we're not dwelling in his presence or at least trying to hunger and crawl on our hands and knees and fight for the Lord Jesus Christ, for his holy presence, then how are you going to expect him to use you to minister to his children in such great times as this? If you can't even go, you know, I'm I wasn't going to say it, but if you can't even go a day without fast, with fasting for God when he calls you to fast, then what are you doing, man? And it hurts for me to say that because I'm convicting myself right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit convicting me right now. But it's true. There's, there should be no excuse for why I'm sitting here scrolling on social media all the time. And, and God highlighted that to me. It's like, Susanna, you're, this is a distraction. Turn it off. You're distracting yourself again two hours later to turn it off. It's all about self-discipline at the end of the day. And if if you're really hungry for God, it will show through your actions and through your spirit, through the fruit of the spirit. It will show after the waiting season. I mean, I feel lately that us Christians are so quick to point out uh, other Christians who may be wolves during this time, who may be a false prophet or... They're doing this wrong. They're doing that wrong. We're so quick to post about it. We're so quick to act on it. We're so quick to gossip about it and be jealous about, oh, blah, 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 is doing this, you know? 
But why don't you take take it to God first before even speaking it out? Because our words have so much power. If you're typing it, I feel like that's still a word because you're thinking it to the point where you have to type it out and post it. And sometimes God catches me before I start gossiping. I'm like, Lord, it's not gossip. And he's like, yes, it is. If you, and if you have to say that it's not gossip, then it's gossip. Don't talk about it. If you want to say it directly to the person in front of you who you are talking to about, then why are you going to say it? This The spirit of gossip needs to stop because that's going to start dividing the, the, the unity that Christ is building. There's no reason to be gossiping about people who trust you with their walk with Christ. There's no reason for us to be pointing fingers at other big pastors and preachers when they are trying just as hard as we are. And maybe sometimes they are false preachers, but don't go posting about it. Just sit in God and ask God to reveal the truths of them, right? Reveal it to his children pray about it prayer is the best thing we can do right now guys it's the best thing it's communication with the one almighty and people are like i don't know how to pray and i was getting to the point where i was praying religiously i was doing it on a certain time i was doing it for a certain amount of time and i was kind of just doing it just out what the bible says how to do it you know but God calls us deeper. And so when I realized I started doing that, I repented. I said, sorry, Lord, that I haven't been diving deeper with you. And so through that, I just sit in my room and I stare at my wall. And I act as if Jesus is literally sitting right next to me. Or that my best friend is sitting right next to me. Literally, and I talk to him about all that's on my mind at that moment and on my heart and he listens and he takes it all away i just want so many people to feel god's glory and the way i did back in tennessee it makes me just want to move to tennessee just to feel his glory that powerful again right being in god's presence for 12 plus hours and still wanting more is crazy and that was a glimpse of heaven. It was even, let me tell you y'all. Before I filmed this, God came so powerfully upon me. I turned off the Jenny Weaver live stream and cause I didn't feel led to watch anymore. She was just doing testimonies, but, and I, and I listened to worship music. I listened to a song and I just, I've never felt God's presence so powerfully in this household in this room and he just fell upon me my back and I felt fire upon my back and I cried and I wept and this time it was crying under the presence of God it wasn't crying out to God begging for things and so I was just crying for like 10 minutes and I was like I don't even know how long I was crying for I couldn't breathe I still can't breathe, right? But <laughs> I was just crying, and I was like, Lord, thank you. And I was like, Lord, just use me. Use me as a vessel, Lord. Speak through me. Use my voice, Lord. What do you want me to speak to your children today? There's nothing I want more than to speak the truth of God. And he said, and he was just giving me three things, but it was so fast and repeatedly over and over again. <laughs> And, like, I just see it in the spirit, a lion, like a face of a lion, the lion of Judah. That he's with me. That God, that powerful warrior is with me, dwelling inside of me, right? So I see the lion, right? And I get up, and I was crying, crying, crying. And I hear quietly and stilly, just teach. And he said, teach my children. Just teach them. And it may not seem that deep to you guys, but I'm crying over here because I was literally going to stop podcasting because for this year, at least, because I felt like God was leading me to. But that was probably the house of the enemy, right? Trying to creep up in my, my head saying I needed to take a break from everything. And he says, just teach my children. I shouldn't worry about the numbers. I shouldn't worry about who's watching, who's listening, because 
if I'm at least helping one person, then that's all that matters. One soul matters. Turn away from your wicked ways. You guys know what you need to turn away from. Let go of what you need to let go of. The time is now. And if the if the things that are going on in this world aren't enough, if the posts about Jesus aren't enough, if people standing on the streets preaching about Jesus isn't enough, then I don't know what enough is for Jesus to reach your heart and say that he is the truth, the way, and the life. I don't know how you guys can look at my life and see how I lived my life in high school because I know I was very well known in high school, right? And I don't know how those people can look at my life and be like, oh no, she's crazy now. She's weird now. And I know they think that about me. They think I'm weird. They think I'm a judgmental person probably for the things I post and the truth I post about Jesus Christ and religions and demonic things of this world. And they think I'm crazy. They think I'm rude for it. They think I'm judgmental. But no, it's just the truth. Like you would just think, and I pray this every day, That God would just open his eyes of his children, release the veil off their eyes spiritually. Because this generation has been seeking something deeper. And the enemy has been throwing everything into their face so that they wouldn't catch the truth, which is Jesus Christ. Everything leads back to him. Scientific facts lead back to him. I was at the Nature and Science Museum the other day and everything leads back to Jesus. And they try to cover it up by saying that the Big Bang Theory happened and that we came from monkeys. No, we came from the Lord Almighty who created Adam and Eve. We didn't come from monkeys. We came from the God Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth. I want to leave off with this one last verse. If you are unsaved watching this or listening, I should say. And I pray that you are listening all the way through. But, and we can shove as much scripture as we want down someone's throat, right? But truth is, people don't care about the scriptures. They physically care about what they can see with their own eyes. And that is the healing of Jesus Christ, right? And the word is important, yes, and it keeps us going, yes, But through our testimonies and through our experiences, if we share our testimonies wholeheartedly, that will lead people towards God's kingdom. I'm going to leave one last thing with you guys. And it is in Luke. Okay, I can't find it. But it's in Luke. And I don't know exactly word for word. But it's so beautiful. Because in the word it says, When God's children repent of their sins, those who are unsaved, when they repent of their sins, the angels in heaven are cheering them on. And when they when they then ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, their salvation, everyone in heaven is cheering them on. Right? Down here on earth, we get persecuted. We get hatred. We get the little God bless you's on our comment section. And that's about all the support you get down here on earth. And it's wicked and it's sad that God's children aren't supported. And that not enough of them are being mentored. And that's why many of them backslide. That's why many of them aren't reaching the fullness of God. It's beautiful when we read this verse, those verses in in Luke. And it says, heaven rejoices. Heaven is with you. Heaven is, the angels in heaven are clapping for you. They are excited for you when you repent and turn of your sins when you claim jesus as your lord and savior that is beautiful in itself because that's eternity cheering you on the beautiful things of this world imagine it times a hundred up in heaven cheering you on you know i don't know if that gives you encouragement or not to whoever this may be for but just know that you are not alone ever and that heaven is rejoicing every time you take that step of faith. Every time you repent your sins, they are rejoicing. And it's hard for us down here on earth to grasp that, to understand it, right? But the heavens of heavens are clapping for you. The heavens of heavens support you. They, are, they love you. And it may not seem like that down here. And God will send you people who love you down here on earth. 
But it is now time to bring heaven down on earth. It's now time to bring revival here on earth. I thank you guys for listening today. And I know the audio only don't really reach a whole lot of people. You know what? I repeat that. This will reach as much people God intends it to reach. But just continue to trust God in this waiting season. You can take my word for it. I've been through many, many waiting seasons where they've been horrible and they've been long and suffering, right? But then you're out of it and you're like, oh gosh, God, I'm thankful I went through that. Because if I didn't take the step back, if I didn't have that dry season, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So we got to be thankful through the hard seasons. Just continue to give glory to God each and every day for everything. And he will add the rest to your life. If you're not saved and would like to be saved, I pray that God heals every ounce of void that you're trying to fill in your life. This goes for anyone. Any ounce of hurt that you're trying to hide away from people, we declare those walls down in the name of Jesus. And we pray that God's love and peace is over you right now in the name of Jesus. I had many voids I was feeling. I had many walls up because of past hurts I've been through. But God says, for him to fully work through me, I had to let them down. I had to forgive myself for even putting them up in the first place when they were never intended to be up that long or even intended to be there at all. It's okay to let people into your life. It's okay to let new things into your life because without uncomfortability, there's no growth. But you also need to set boundaries with people. So continue to do what you're doing. And just seek God for all guidance first. And he will send you the right people to listen to you and to mentor you through it. And to pray for you. Most importantly, pray. Pray for yourself as well. But just continue to do what you're doing. And he's proud of you. Listener, he's so proud of you. And he is the one true king. He is your father. And he just wants you to give him all your worries, all your cares to him. The one who's already paid the price for you and so beautiful within itself. Again, I thank you guys for listening and tuning in with me today. You're still here for a reason and a purpose and a calling. And I hope you fulfill that calling that Jesus has put onto your life, right? But the purpose here on earth is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And build that relationship with God. So if you're wondering what your purpose is, that's exactly what it is. To build a relationship with God. That's your purpose. Do just that and all things will be added. I hope you guys have a blessed day. And I hope that this this episode has blessed you in, in many ways. Share this with a friend who is in the waiting season. Thank God and give him the glory. Because he's the one who deserves it all, not me. I'm just a vessel he's using for his kingdom. Continue to bring heaven down on earth. And just continue to be the light in the dark places. God bless you all. And good night.